0: The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu.
1: So I work at Morgan Stanley. Uh, I run uh, corporate treasury, treasury strategies at Morgan Stanley. So, corporate treasury is a business unit which is responsible for issuing and risk management of Morgan Stanley debt. And I also run um, desk strategies on the New York inflation desk. Uh, that's um, the business which is a part of the global interest rate business, uh, which is uh, uh, responsible for trading derivatives linked to inflation. And today, I'm talking. I'm going to talk about the HGM model. So. Um HG model, uh, the abbreviation stands uh, for his Jerome Morton. These are three individuals who discovered uh, this framework in the beginning of the 1990s. And uh, um, this is a very general framework for pricing derivatives linked to interest rates and to credit. So uh, on Wall Street, big banks um, uh, make a like, substantial amount of money by trading all kinds of exotic products, exotic derivatives. And Um, uh, big banks like Morgan Stanley, like uh, Goldman, JP Morgan uh, trades um, thousands and thousands of different types of historic derivatives. So uh, a typical problem which um, uh, um, which, uh, the business uh, faces is that new types of derivative uh, uh, arise all uh, uh, all the time. So you need to be able to respond quickly to the demand uh, uh, from the clients. And you need to be able not just you know to tell the price of the derivative. You need to be able also to, uh, to need to be able to risk manage this derivative, right? Because let's say if you sold an option, you got some premium. If something goes not in your favor, you need to pay in the end. So, uh, so you need to be able to hedge. And uh, you can think uh, about the AGM model, like this kind of framework, as uh, about something which is similar like, um, to theoretical physics in a way, right? So you have beautiful uh, models, um, for like, uh, like, like exactly, exactly solvable models. For example, let's say um, um, like, um, the hydrogen atom in quantum mechanics. So it's relatively uh, straightforward to solve it, right? So we, uh, we have an equation. Uh, um, which can be exactly solved, and we can find uh, uh, energy levels. And we understand this like, fairly quickly. But if you start um, going into more complex problems, for example, uh, you add one more electron and you have like a helium atom, it's, it's already much more complicated. And then if, if you have complicated atoms or even molecules, it's unclear what to do. So people came up with uh, approximate uh, methods, some, some, some kind of methods which allowed, uh, nevertheless. Solve uh, like everything very accurately um, numerically, and AGM uh, is a similar framework. So you can, uh, in, in, in principle, it, it allows to price all kinds of integer derivatives, and uh, so it's um, and uh, uh, it's, it's some kind of like uh, it, it, it's it's very general. Uh, it, it's it's very flexible to incorporate new payoffs, all kinds of correlation between products, and so on and so forth, and. Uh, um, Uh, um, uh, The AGM model uh, naturally fits into another, I would say, more general framework like uh, Monte Carlo simulation. Uh, And uh, 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 before actually going into like uh, like details uh, um, of pricing exotic interest rate and credit derivatives, let me just first explain how this framework appears in the most uh, common type of derivatives, basically equity-linked products. So, like very very simple example, right? So uh, let's say. Uh, like we have a derivatives desk at some firm, and it sell, sells all kinds of products. Of course, ideally, let's say there is a the client who wants to buy something from you. Of course, the easiest approach would be to, to find the client and uh, like uh, like uh, um, and uh, do an opposite transaction with him, so that you are like market neutral, uh, at least in theory. So if you don't take into account counterparties and so on, however, it's it's rather difficult in general. So the portfolios are, are very complicated. Uh, and uh, there is always some residual risk, so this is the concept of the dynamic hedging. So, uh, for example, this example, like very simple example, uh, a dealer just sold a call option on a stock, and if you do this, then in principle the the, the amount of money which you can lose is unlimited. So you need to be able to uh, to hedge dynamically. So what uh, by trading underlying, for example, in this case. So. Um, uh, just, just very, uh, brief frustrations like of the uh, like stock market. You know, like it's, you, you see how, like uh, how, um, um, uh, how uh, random it has been, uh, like um, uh, f- uh, like uh, f- uh, for the last uh, 20 years or so. So, uh, so um, 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 uh, first of all, we see some kind of uh, uh, from. Uh, um, the beginning of 1990s to around 2000, we, we see really a very sharp increase. And then we have like dot, dot com bubble, and then we have um, the bank increase of 2008. So, uh, and uh, if you trade derivatives whose payoff depends, for example, on the NCF 100 index, you should be very careful, right? Because, I mean, market can drop and you, you need to be hedged. So, uh, uh, you need to be able to come up with, with some kind of uh, good models. Uh, which can rebalance to the market and which can you know uh, uh, which can truly um, uh, risk manage uh, uh, y- your position so uh, the idea of um, the general idea of process derivatives um, uh, is that uh, uh, one starts uh, from um, uh, some stochastic process um, so um <coughs> so in the example here uh um, um, uh it's probably like is uh, the the, uh, the simplest possible nevertheless a very instructive model uh, which is uh, uh, which essentially like leads us to the black shows formalism this is where we have um uh the um it's where we have the um the stock which follows uh, the like, normal dynamics That's i have a question uh, do you have a pointer somewhere? like or not it's it we'll would be just easier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think okay. hmm. Is possible?
0: Let this is hmm. Let's see. There's also um, like oh. a, a pen here where you can use this.
1: Ah, I, can, uh, um, I I see.
0: Are you, have you used this before? You press the color here that you want to use, say, and I then see. you can draw. I see. On the oh,
1: I see. Oh, excellent! It's even better. Okay, so, okay, so, uh, um, so uh, a very impo- like since like the, the market is like very random, we need to be able to, uh, to come up with some kind of dynamics. And it turns out that the like, normal dynamics is, is a is a very reasonable first approximation uh, for um, for uh, for the actual dynamics. So in this example. Uh, we have staccatoid differential equation uh, for, for the stock uh, price. And it consists um, it's the sum of two, um, uh, of two terms. This is a drift. It's, it's some kind of uh, deterministic uh, part of, of the stock uh, price dynamics. And here also uh, we have diffusion. So here, here dB is uh, uh, the uh, Brownian motion uh, driving the stock. And uh, S is the price of the stock here. Uh, mu is uh, is the drift and sigma is uh, the volatility of the stock basically it shows uh, the randomness and um, um, uh, the randomness impact uh, on the stock price and uh, um, and uh, um, um, using this model uh, w- one can derive the, uh, the black scholes formula and the black scholes formula shows how to price um, um, uh, derivatives um, whose uh, payoff uh, depends uh, on the price of uh, of the stock. So here, um, um, uh, if you look at this differential equation, then you can ask a question. L- let's say um, we started from some initial value uh, uh, for the stock at time t, and what is the pr- and then we um, uh, we started the clock and then. Um, uh, we turn out to be at time uh, capital T. So, and given that at, at time T, uh, the uh, stock price is st, So, what's the probability distribution for the stock uh, at at time T? So, um, and uh, we, uh, this kind of uh, equation can, can be very easily solved, and uh, one can um, uh, um, one can um, obtain analytically. Their probability distribution function at any future moment of time. So, I mean, I, I just I think I'll write like a few equations just because it's like very important to understand this. So, I'm sure like, like, like uh, you probably have seen something like this already, but, but let me just uh, uh, sh- show you uh, like the main ideas uh, beyond this formula. So, if you start, if, if you have a random process, right, let's say A is some process, classic process. Which, for, uh, which is normal, so it follows some drift, plus, plus uh, um, some uh, volatility term, right? So the difference between this equation is that I don't multiply by a here and a here. So actually, it's, it's much simpler. It, it's it's much simpler to um, uh, to um, to solve. So the solution of this equation is really straightforward. So at any moment of time t, if you start at, like at moment at zero. The solution of the equation will be something like this: drift, right? I'm simply integrating, Plus, And I assume that because as B of t is standard Brownian motion, so at, at, at time zero, it's it's zero, and then it's it's um, very very easy easy to see now that. Is equal to the Brownian motion, but uh, but but this is nothing else, as like some some um, um, uh, uh, random number which is uh, uh, normally distributed times square root of time. So epsilon is proportional to. So, okay, so basically, basically this means that this this is normally distributed, and it's. Uh, uh, and uh, probability distribution for for, for 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 this quantity, right, is equal to we know is, is exactly right because this is the, like standard Gaussian distribution. And uh, uh, so, um, if if you, if you simply substitute a into here, then we will obtain the probability distribution f- for the actual quantity. And it's just I'll just write it for the completeness. So, so basically, uh, it, it, it's it's we, uh, we obtain probability di- distribution for for uh, uh, for the standard uh, like variable, right? So this is this is this is straightforward. So the only difference so, uh, uh, between the case obtained here is that the dynamics uh, is assumed to be log normal right and kind of the interpretation is very simple like if it's normal then the price can become of the stock can become negative this is just financial nonsense so the factor normal dynamics basically is uh, the first um, is, is, is a good uh, first approximation and in this case what helps us the result which is known as it lemma. so I'll just first first of all I write it and then I explain ha- how you can obtain it and if, if you look if you look at this equation, right? Let me write it once again. Which is basically the drift plus. Then it turns out that that of course since it's uh, it's um, uh, um, uh, then it's intuitively it's clear that the dynamics of logarithm of s is uh, dynamics of logarithm of s is uh, uh, is uh, normal, so essentially, you obtain something like this. So and uh, uh, if you now substitute this into this, you will obtain a very simple, a very simple like formula. Okay, so and here I, I used I used the result which is known as the Itô lemma, which I'm going to explain by, uh, like uh, uh, right now, like how it's obtained. Basically, this um, um, it basically it tells us that when we uh, differentiate the stochastic uh, function of a stochastic variable, then besides like the trivial term, which is basically the first derivative times ds, there is an additional term, which which is uh, which is proportional to the second derivative, and it's. Non-stochastic. So I'll explain why it's like this. But if you if you do if if you look at this equation, then you see essentially that this formula is very very is very very similar to this formula. The only difference now is that alpha is just mu minus one half of sigma squared. So that's that's how if if you literally use this solution and simply substitute a by log s, you will come to this equation. So, this is, like, this is like, uh, like, uh, very, very important. So, kind of the very important effect, uh, like, uh, yes? The fact that it can't be negative, does that
0: uh, exclude certain possibilities?
1: So, is it a normal Gaussian Q or negative or positive? No, but uh, yes, but Stoke. Right, stock, from um, a uh, financial point of view, stock cannot be a liability. Right? You buy a stock, this means basically you pay some money, and you have basically some, uh, some so to say, option on the profit of the company. So they, they can charge you by default. So, so it, 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 it can go negative for, for the stock. Although, in principle, there might be derivatives, which, which can be both with positive or negative payoff, but not, but not the stock. So it's a, it's a fundamental financial restriction. Yeah. So, okay. So very, very important thing. So if, if you talk about uh, like the stock dynamics and uh, Black-Scholes formalism, it's very important that this um, the distribution for the stock can be found exactly. And I, I just I just want very briefly go again through the Black-Scholes formalism. So it's it's very important just for understanding and. Um, uh, I believe that there are like a couple of things which I, when I was studying this, it was not like very clear to me. So I, I want to go to them in, in, like in detail. So basically, here, um, like um, uh, what, what I read, that basically this is uh, um, uh, derivation is written in, in, in almost like a, every textbook. So the idea is that um, yeah, there, there is a, a very fundamental result in stochastic um, uh, calculus that if you have a stochastic function, right. Function of stochastic variable s and time, then its differential can be written in the following form. So, this is, this is, all, this is all very clear, right? This is standard, you know, like, calc- like calculus, it's, it's like straightforward, but there is an additional term which looks a bit suspicious. And I will explain like, uh, what, what it actually means on the next slide. So, a uh, very important thing that when you, when you calculate DC, then you, you will obtain essentially a deterministic term. Is proportional to the second derivative, and you see there is no uh, the fact that you have here dt. Basically, it looks like it's an additional contribution to the drift. Basically, right? This is the drift, and this is the drift, and there is no any stochasticity. So it's, it's very important. This is like a crucial fact beyond the black Shore formalism and the Monte Carlo uh, uh, method in, in finance. And so and then the idea, uh, like you 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 can read it, for example like in the Hall's book, is standard proof. So if, if we issue uh, an option, then we, we hedge it with, uh, by, uh, uh, by having a, a certain position uh, in the under underlying. So the idea is like this. Uh, um, uh, 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 let's say I, I sold a call option on the stock. So when the stock market goes up, I make some money. And then at the same time, I short the stock. So I lose money on my hedge. And wherever the market goes, I, I don't make or lose money. Right, so that's the idea, basically beyond uh, beyond hedging, and since okay, so basically what happens then if I ch- uh, calculate the change of my portfolio, then since there is no any risk involved, right? I'm perfect, I assume that I can perfectly hedge Then I uh, then um, I simply obtain the risk-free return. So r here is the risk-free interest rate. So and. Uh, 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 if, if you simply uh, uh, look at, at this equation and substitute the euler result here, then you obtain like like a very simple equation, which is basically Black-Scholes differential equation for the stock uh, 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 for the price of, uh, of the option. So, in this equation like like very like very fundamental, you know, it's like it's like and it's um, it's um, uh, very elegant. So, you can see, although uh, originally, right. Um, uh, we started from something uh, with some arbitrary uh, risk, uh, uh, with some arbitrary drift mu, right, which is basically could be anything, we see that this uh, um, um, uh, drift mu drops out of the equation, and uh, right, it depends only on the interest uh, uh, rate, and this is a, this is a very interesting fact. So, and this has to, and this um, uh, very interesting fact has to, has to do. Uh, um, uh, 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 with hedging, because uh, we have a, again we have position in an option, and we have an opposite uh, position in underlying, and that's how the drift disappears. Um, uh, uh, if you look at, at the movement of, of both the positions, then you see that the uh, that the drift will di- uh, will disappear. So it, it's kind of it's it, it's a very important and striking fact. And the second thing, which, which, which is really, um, uh, which, which is really truly a miracle, is that uh, risk is limited completely, right? So this equation has, has absolutely no stochasticity. So you can just solve it if, if you spe- if you specify the option payoff, and if you know your volatility, which is a me- which, which is a measure of your uh, basically of um, uh, how uh, the stock fluctuates, and if you know the risk-free interest rate, you can just price price the options. And this is, a, this is a true miracle, and at least when I, when I was studying this, I, I couldn't really understand this. Maybe because I, I was coming normally from theoretical physics, and all this kind of all this result called itzykson lemma basically is buried somewhere in um, stochastic uh, like a calculus, which is like. And I was just trying to understand basically in simple terms what it all means. And um, let me just explain, you know, like here basically how one, uh, one, one can understand this, this result, itzykson lemma. Uh, in a very simple term, um, in terms. Of, let, let me just uh, write. So uh, let me remind you. So Itô uh, e lemma basically tells the following. Once again, so if c is the function of stochastic variables of stochastic variable s, then its its uh, d- its differential is not just equal to some standard result uh, from calculus, but it's, it, it's we, we also um, get some kind of very exotic. A term which is which is which is basically um, uh, which is uh, uh, which is very non-trivial, and I, I, let me just try to explain you how actually it appears. So, just to understand this, I recommend everybody after the lecture really look at this derivation because it really explains what this uh, uh, what this uh, I mean. So, so the idea is very simple. So, let, let's start from, like from the, from the first principles. Let's um, and let's uh, say we have an interval of time. With length dt, and let's say we divide it into n intervals, and each uh, uh, interval length is dt prime, right? And um, uh, and uh, assume that uh, the ratio of dt of dt prime is uh, is sufficiently large. So what what okay? So first of all, we, we know that our um, uh, stock, as we know, follows uh, the like, normal dynamics. So this means that if I go from time uh, um, um, uh, from time uh, or, uh, from time i to time i plus one, here you, you, you need to exchange i and i minus one. Uh, uh, so then you, you, you can write this equation in the following form, right? So s at time i plus one minus s at time i is equal to, to the drift term, right? Because simply i am which is a discrete version of the stochastic differential equation plus the randomness, right? So, here again, C is, uh, sigma is volatility. It's a measure how, how the stock fluctuates. This is the stock price. This is the square root of dt, right? Because the Brownian motion is, uh, fluctuation is proportional to the time. And also, here we have uh, 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 epsilon, and epsilon is a standard normal variable. Uh, then uh, OK, so we, we have this. This is pretty, pretty straightforward. But basically, I, I just wrote stochastic differential equation on the lattice. And I go from, uh, from point i to point i plus 1. Now, let's see what it means for the price of the option. So uh, let's uh, again. So c is the price of the option uh, at time t, uh, t uh, when the stock price is equal to, uh, is equal to s i plus 1. So, and, uh, so the change in the op- option price is equal to, like, the first term, which is something very, very standard, right, from standard calculus, plus the first derivatives and the difference in, uh, in the stock price, plus I take the second order term, which is the second derivative. And I have here s, s, s at time i plus 1 minus s at time i squared. So this is approximate because I'm taking only the main terms. All the other terms, given that all, both times dt and dt prime are very small, they they can be neglected. So you, you can check it like carefully at home if, if you want to. But I guarantee you that there is, there, is, there, is, there is no more there is, there is no miracle here. Like everything what we need is here. Now let's uh, uh, um, uh, do the following. So we have this equation, and let's look at this term. So this term basically is the cornerstone of the Itô So let's take this equation. Uh, for the difference and substitute it into here, right? And you see, here, again, you, you can look at uh, like, uh, what is important again the time scales. So dt prime is very small. Therefore, the term uh, with, uh, uh, which, 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 which is random dominates here, right? Because the proportional square root of dt and square root for, for small times uh, is much bigger than like the linear function. Therefore, we simply neglect this term compared to this term. So, and we can, we can uh, we, 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 uh, with a linear accur- accuracy in dt prime, we can approximate this just by this term. Okay. Now, what, what we do so, again, so uh, we wrote the same equation, uh, the uh, latest difference uh, for the option price at, 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 at two neighboring points. And what I do right now, I have all these equations, and I will simply sum them, basically f- from, from 0 to n. So, I, uh, let's say I have all these equations. From zero to n minus one, and I sum them, and it's again very straightforward, and obtain the following equation. And again, uh, um, uh, what is very interesting basically is that we will will obtain, you know, like you look at this term. So this term looks completely as as, as very complicated. It's essentially stochastic, right? Because uh, it looks like it looks like very stochastic, and because remember that this is the standard normal variable, and all of them are independent. So in principle, we have the sum, sum of uh, of n uh, independent normal variables squared. And and, uh, it turns out, it's a really very beautiful result, and I really recommend everybody, I like, also like to do it at home. I also uh, try to show it right now on the blackboard, that if you sum up all this epsilon squared, that in the limit, when n goes to infinity, this term becomes Deterministic. So let, let, let me just show you basically uh, like so uh, 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 what exactly is meant, right? So um, what I mean by by, by by deterministic, right, is that uh, uh, of course if 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 I draw uh, if 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 I if, if I have epsilon squared, right, and then then it's uh, it's it's it's, it's uh, there is some probability distribution, right? It's it distributed between uh, 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 between zero and infinity, right? So there is some some kind of function. But my claim is that once uh, once I start uh, once, 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 uh, I start adding more and more numbers, uh, and so on, uh, and so on, then this this function will become more and more and more narrow so it behaves like a deterministic uh, random uh, like like a completely deterministic variable in, in the large n limit so and to do this let, let me just uh, write like a, a very simple like a uh, right what i mean so essentially we have remember that we have the sum of variables right and uh, um, um, uh, um, um, um and in, for us to show that basically it's uh, become deterministic, we need to show that it's uh, it, it's it's squared uh, um, uh, um, 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 This the the of the distribution, which is equal to uh, uh, which I defined as let's say if I have like variable right, and if if I uh, define the dispersion in the following in the following way. Now I define here the dispersion for this uh, random variable, which is equal to the sum of epsilon squared. So if I uh, 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 write it here, then it turns out that uh, each term in this equation is proportional to n squared, which is very, which, which is which, 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 which is natural, right? But it turns out that the difference in the large n limit is proportional only to n. Therefore, if we have uh, this variable, right, which if we sum, sum, sum up more and more terms, then we'll have a variable, uh, we we'll have, we'll have a distribution f- for this variable, which is moving in this direction. And it becomes, of course, uh, it, it, it moves in this direction, but it becomes more and more and more narrow basically so in the limit of n to n to n to infinity it becomes um, um, it becomes uh, um, uh, it becomes such a deterministic so so i recommend like everybody at home just do this very simple exercise and you will see that um, um, essentially the sum of um, uh, this sum uh, uh, essentially uh, uh, behaves as a deterministic uh, uh, qu- uh, like quantity so, um, and uh, just, just to do this, uh, uh, you need to you need to do uh, um, uh, you need to know, uh, know like uh, very s- uh, simple properties of the uh, standard normal di- uh, distribution. First of all, the average expected value of uh, of epsilon is equal to one, right? Your standard normal normal variable, and also you need to know that the fourth moment. Of the normal variable is equal to three, so if if, if you do, if you have this, then you can cal- 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 calculate this, which is trivial to calculate, and then and then you can um, uh, basically basically uh, uh, come uh, to this property that's, once again, probability distribution function in the large and limit behaves basically deterministic, it essentially becomes like a delta function. So this is kind of a very interesting result, because it it basically it explains why why uh, in the Black-Scholes equation, uh, we have this very, very weird by deterministic term. And that's why, uh, that's why uh, 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 basically the option pricing is possible. Because if you start pricing options, that is like, like, like if you don't know anything about Black-Scholes, um, right, it might be that there is no price for the option. Because it might be that although you, you, you do H, you still cannot eliminate your randomness completely. Maybe H helps you. Basically, just to to uh, uh, to narrow the distribution of your outcome, but this is not guaranteed at all. So it's it's really very uh, yeah. so this is like it's lemma which is usually probably like um, the first uh, like in, in every book on derivatives, is probably like the first uh, 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 the first equation like ever written. It basically, it's given without any proof, but this kind of in, in reality it's a, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting limit. So. Uh, uh, it can be realized um, only if you have two different um, two different uh, time scales. So the small time scale with dt prime is, in, in the business sense, uh, it corresponds to your hedging frequency. It's when you rebalance your, your, your hedging portfolio, and the, the, the time dt, uh, the, the time scale dt, which is much bigger than dt prime, um, uh, it's kind of it's it's it, it's at the time at which you look at your portfolio. So only in this very like weird limit, when dt prime over dt or dt, over dt prime goes to infinity, you strictly have like itos lemma. So actually, if you look even like it's a very most famous book on derivatives, if you look, you know, like like at this edition, you will see actually that um, that the proof actually is incorrect. So just just look at it and find w- w- what's wrong there. So sorry, exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, this is exactly this is what what it means. Yeah, so if, if you use these two results here, you you, you will see that your your uh, uh, that uh, it's uh, a proportional only to n, not to n squared. So that's why your your distribution uh, becomes uh, like, uh, like like more and more narrow, right? Because when, when you sum up, if, 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 let's say basically what what it means, right? That you sum up more and more variables. Each of, them, each of them is like random normal variable, so the average average goes like n, but the dispersion the dispersion, right, um, uh, like a standard deviation, right, behaves as as square root of n. That's why basically square root of n over n basically is small. So by, by 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 increasing n, basically you become more and more and, 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 and more um, more and more uh, um, deterministic. But so that's kind of the main, the main fact uh, uh, beyond the italians. That's how it obtains. So I would recommend everybody really just look into detail because this is the cornerstone of derivative pricing theory. But in many books it's really like not not, not really well, well written. And um, uh, so at least when I was studying it, it was like uh, like uh, I couldn't understand it, like for a while. So it took me time just to understand uh, whatever. So and uh, a very interesting thing now is that. You know, remember that we used Euler lemma, and we basically we were able to uh, obtain this equation, and uh, and uh, this equation is is, is is very well is very, very well known um, in uh, in literature. Right? it's very similar to the heat equation, and heat equation can, can be solved using standard uh, standard methods. And if you, uh, I don't want uh, to write any derivation here. It's relatively kind of, it, straightforward, maybe a bit cumbersome, but straightforward. And um, um, so, um, if, if if payoff of your option at maturity is given by some function, which is not really important here, because you can write a very general solution. And uh, uh, so here, what is here is, is is essentially Green's function of of this equation. So, and this Green's function is uh, if if you look at this equation it's it's um, it's very similar to to the probability distribution function uh, uh, which we have on, on this slide in the very beginning so the, essentially, this function is identical to this function and the only difference is that the uh, drift the, of the stock in the real world disappears and we are left only with the uh, with the uh, uh, interest rate, and so this and um, uh, uh, this equation, basically, like, like is uh, is again also very important for derivatives pricing. It's that's how we come up um, uh, with, with the whole idea of, 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 of Monte Carlo simulation. So on, so this is nothing else as a Greens function, which basically tells us how the stock evolves in the risk neutral uh, uh, space. Neutral, this neutral space is essentially some kind of imaginary world, right? Whatever, like, like a neutral world, where uh, all the uh, assets uh, uh, drift. With, uh, uh, um, all the assets drift is just uh, the uh, interest rate and not the actual drift. So it's kind of it's kind of it's it's very fundamental. So it's a very important thing that the drift in the real world drops out of all the equations. So the only parameter which actually does matter for option pricing is volatility. So this parameter is relatively easy to understand, right? Because that's how much money your deterministic investment uh, like, basically makes. And but, but, but so basically, that's only with this parameter. parameter. So, so naively, you, you could expect I need both mu, right? Like, let, me, uh, um, um, let me just remind you what, what mu is mu and sigma, two independent parameters. But it out mu completely drops out of the picture. And this is because of dynamic hedging, because we hedge the position. And uh, so uh, now this equation, uh, since this is the, like, basically Green's function, and Green's function tells us, uh, what's the probability uh, of, uh, um, uh, of, of the stock, uh, 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 what's the probability density of the stock at some time in the future if the stock uh, were uh, at some point uh, initially. Uh, then, uh, uh, basically, this means that we, we can simulate uh, the uh, we, can, uh, we can simulate the stock dynamics and we can price derivatives like usually very simple framework. So, what do we do? Uh, we, we, we simply write the equation for the stock uh, in the. Uh, risk-neutral world. Remember, uh, remember the difference is that instead of the actual drift of the stock mu, we substitute here by by, by the interest rate, uh, and this is basically how much money, roughly speaking, the bank account makes. And what we do, we start from some uh, we start from um, um, f- from some stock value at time zero, and then we uh, we um, basically simulate stock along different paths. So there are like three paths here could be like thousands so now and we know now let's say we know the stock payoff at maturity and what we do this like then the price of the derivative is very simple essentially you take the average of this payoff over your distribution and you know your distribution because you just simulated the stock price and you just discount it with uh, like with uh, the interest rate so it's extremely simple so in principle like implementing this let's say if you have like like package like MATLAB, it probably takes like maybe like one hour at most implement. Let's say, a pricing of Black Scholes for like of, of, of the Black Scholes formula via Monte Carlo simulation, right? So if you have time, you, you you can try this and see how how let's say your Monte Carlo solution converges to uh, to the exact result, which was first obtained by Black Scholes and Merton. So basically, this is like this is a super powerful fra- framework, uh, which basically tells us something like this. So and it's not, not applicable j- just to to the stock prices, but um, it's also applicable to interest rate derivatives, credit derivatives, and f- a foreign exchange derivatives, so on and so forth. Basically, the idea is like this: you have some the payoff of your derivative depends on various financial variables, and you simply simulate all of them uh, in the risk-neutral world, right? So basically, the rasp. You simulate all of them, and then you calculate the average of the payoff, and you just discount it. And that's how you can price derivatives. So in principle, if you have like a flexible, uh, in, uh, like uh, um, IT infrastructure, you know, like 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 a financial institution, so you can implement it, uh, and then you can price pretty much like uh, like uh, like everything. That's basically that's, that's how um, uh, like exotic derivatives are priced, uh, whose uh, prices are not. Uh, uh, Easy to obtain using analy- analytical methods, and which is uh, uh, the case for for uh, uh, for a large uh, amount of derivatives. So, okay. So this is the whole idea, right? So, in Monte Carlo simulation the, 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 uh, like uh, is, is uh, like a very fundamental concept. So, we do the simulation. in the digital world, and there are certain rules how to write these equations for different asset classes. Could be stock again. Could be foreign exchange. Could be credit. Could be rates, whatever, and then you do some kind of uh, sampling. Uh, you, you find average, and then basically you are done. So this is how it works for this talk. And let me basically explain how to uh, generalize all these ideas for the case of interest rates and create derivatives. So, and uh, let me just start from from the very basics of of the interest rate derivatives. So, uh, of course, um, uh, the whole point of these derivatives. Um, uh, is um, uh, is uh, uh, to allow uh, uh, financial institutions or, or individuals to manage their like interest rate risk like better. So businesses need money, right, to to uh, uh, to uh, to run their business. So like um, big institutions, big corporations have billions, I think hundreds of billions of dollars of debt, and they know how to risk manage it, use it efficiently. And uh, just just, just uh, uh, to make money, and not, not even necessarily financial institutions. So um, and uh, uh, um, uh, so that it's kind of um, so. Of course, if you borrow money, then you need to pay some interest. So you can think about interest or derivatives as some kind of uh, option on the stochastic interest. Because let's say today you can borrow money at five percent, but tomorrow this rate can change. So in order to in order to, uh, uh, roughly speaking, uh, control this uncertainty, you need to be able to uh, just uh, like like uh, to buy some derivatives just to uh, to hedge your exposure, for example, or you might just speculate. Maybe you just have some. views that rates will go up or down, so it, it depends on the type of the, like, of the investor or speculator, or whatever. So, and yeah, so, I mean, this is a very simple concept of present value of money, right? If I have dollar today, it's definitely better than the dollar say, in one year from now. Let's say. I have a dollar, right, and and but but I will get it only in one year from now. So, how much does it cost? It's clear that if the interest rate is five percent, it roughly costs ninety-five cents, right? Because well, what do I do? If, uh, um, if the interest rate is five percent, then I take ninety-five cents and I put it into bank bank account, and I make five percent so i will get uh, like uh, 1 in 1 year from now so because this is a very important concept of the present value or like time, time value of money is that uh, depending on depending on where in the future you are uh, how much uh, um, uh, money it costs today for end, people talk about uh, like it's, it's it's very often it's a fundamental notion in all the fixed income derivatives basically the discount factor it, uh, so Essentially, tells you that okay. Uh, so if you have one dollar today, right, it costs one dollar. But if you have like one, uh, like one dollar in the future, basically it's cost cost something else. So this is like a very uh, like a very important, uh, uh, like uh, like, uh, like very important notion in finance. So I'll will tell a little bit like more how actually to um, to get this function in reality. So. Um, another very important thing, uh, like in, in the interest of derivatives, is the f- forward rate. So remember, that, like, okay, so we have discount factor. And a very important thing about discount factor, right, is it, sh- it should start at one because dollar, dollar today is a dollar, right? There is no any uncertainty, right? So clear that this sh- function should, should, uh, should be uh, decaying or at least non increasing with time. So that's why it's very convenient to parameterize this kind of um, uh, function. With forward rates, so um, uh, right. So this this is some uh, some positive forward rates, and uh, which are like very convenient. And remember, that, let's say in the example below, uh, like uh, example like uh, on this page, if you have let's say if all maturities earn five percent, then this F is basically uh, is simply five percent a year. So in, in f- for, so so for this example, basically. Uh, your uh, forward rate is just flat. Yeah. Okay, so this is like an example, and when we talk about interest derivatives, it's very, very, um, it's kind of very convenient to f- to model the dynamics of the forward rates. So all, so it's kind of again, it's like um, um, very different from uh, from uh, from the stock because it has an additional dimension, right? So um, if you model the stock dynamics, it's just a point process, right? Let's say it's it's hundred dollars today, and then you start mothering. But next day it'll go to ninety five dollars, could go to hundred or five, and so on so forth. But but interest rates, it's it's more it's more about you know it's more about curve. So it has an extra dimension. It's a one dimensional object. And the reason is like very simple. In general, let's say if, if if you borrow money for one year, then let's say you 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 pay one percent. But if you borrow for two for two years, it might be that you borrow at like, like for two percent and so on. So this is the concept of the yield curve, and basically here basically it tells us how much different maturities make. So in t- typical situation, this yield curve, if you don't have some situation of recession, which sometimes happens, it's usually upward sloping. This basically means if you borrow money for a longer term, you pay higher interest. I mean you can see it very easily, like for those who like have mortgages, right? Like it's always like. Fifteen-year like fixed mortgage is is uh, is uh, uh, rate is lower than thirty-year uh, mortgage rate. So and and just here I just show uh, like to, to give you like this example of where we are right now in terms of interest rates. I, I, I basically I just show you like um, the uh, uh, the yield of a ten-year uh, U.S. Treasury note. So what is ten-year Treasury note? Basically, the U.S. government borrows money to finance its activities, and then. Uh, the, the way it works like this. Let's say uh, I'm an investor. I'm giving the US government $100. And then every year, they, like uh, for the next 10 years, like, uh, more exactly like twice a year, let's say they are paying me uh, some coupon. Let's say if the interest rate per year is 5%, this means that if I give the US government $100, then the government pays me 2 dollars 5 every half a year, and at the very end. Uh, in 10 years from now they must return100 dollars the notional right And then let's say basically if you look again how stochastic the rates are and what kind of environment we are in right now you can see that over the last about like 50 years we see a very interesting picture from about like 60s to about like let's say like 80 82, We had really tremendous increase in interest rates, and this is something which looks like very unbelievable right now. So, for example, nowadays, if like if one takes like let's say, uh, 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 let's say like a mortgage, it's like it's 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 like uh, nowadays about like thirty-year mortgage is about like four maybe like four and a half percent nowadays. But let's say, but here like 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 about like thirty years ago. It was like a peak on interest rate. It was very high inflation. And uh, mortgage rates were in double digit. It was not uncommon to pay like 15% if if you would take mortgage somewhere here. So the rates were increasing. But since then, we live in a very different environment when interest rates gradually go and go down. So essentially, here basically shows that uh, in in, in 1980, the US government would pay 12% a year uh, uh, each year to borrow money uh, for 10 years. So at the end of 2012, it paid less than 2%, just 1.7%. So, so there is like very clear trend. You know, that something is going down. So in the, in the recent years, there is some kind of uptick here. But you know, like it was, we always had some kind of uh, situation here like this. So where are we going, nobody knows. But, but we live like in a situation where interest rates are, ex- are extremely low. It was nothing like this basically for the last like, 50 years. So it's very unusual, and of course, when you have just uh, like very low interest rates, this means basically the economy is very weak, right? Because this means basically there's not much demand on, on, on borrowing, right? Because like corporations, like individuals, they basically they don't want like like to borrow a lot because once it's again like like supply demand, right? Because if you want to borrow, you basically you there is like you you are willing to, to pay a higher rate, so. Also, another, another, of course, uh, reason for this because once, uh, like right now, we live like in a very unusual environment because the government intervenes a lot uh, uh, on the market. So they trying to make the rates as low as possible because just to make you know the interest rate burden for corporations for private individuals you know like uh, as small as possible. Yeah, hopefully, we'll go out of this recession. But as I said, like this is this is very singular, very unusual environment just just to understand what's going on. And there, are, there is a whole world of interest rate. Right? Yes. So, but it pays to invest in non-productive assets like real estate, which will, which,
0: which will rise, which are expected to rise with time, but not, for, for example, establish a factory. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't skew the whatever investment is made toward uh, assets which, which are expected to rise with time.
1: They may mean, not be productive assets. I mean, I mean. Yes. Yes. But but. I mean. Uh, right now. I mean. I mean, I was—I think that even right now there are lots of people are just scared to, to buy real estate. You know, you know, you don't—you never know what's going on, right? Because prices are still pretty high, so you you I mean, who knows what will happen? So you're right, there is some kind of uh, some, some kind of um, uh, second of demand, but many people who bought like what, 2006, whatever, like like uh, before, they basically they lost tons of money, right? You, you, you never—you never know. Right, so it's like basically when, when you buy some asset, like you, you you get some finance, let's say its fixed rate finance. so you know how much you're going to pay, but where is the guarantee that that you know like it, 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 I mean, long term it goes you know it, 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 it goes up in value of course, but long term basically means whatever like tens of years. but if if you look like at the real estate price,s like for the last whatever like seven years. That we are still, we still, we still, we are going up right now, but still we didn't go through through the minimum. Like we didn't reach the maximum which we had before, basically. So, it's kind of, so you never know. Yes, and so, so there is a whole world of, of interest rate derivatives. So I'm just very briefly like explain what what it all means. So usually. So here I mentioned it's, it's all about treasury. So it's all like a government, you know, like it's it's kind of yield uh, implied from the government bonds. But usually, all the derivatives are, are linked to another very famous rate, which is called LIBOR. And LIBOR, roughly speaking, it's it's, uh, it's a short-term rate at which financial institutions uh, in London borrow money one from each other on the unsecured basis. So it's like there's a lot of caveats here in this definition, but that's basically r- 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 roughly what it means. And there is a, like fundamental derivative in, uh, in the in terms of the world basically the LIBOR swap. So the standard USD LIBOR swap is something like this basically. It's it's paying um, uh, once in three months. Uh, it's paying uh, uh, three uh, three months LIBOR rate. So and, and this is stochastic, right? So basically every day the, um, there is a like you know the, um, there is a certain procedure which tells us what the this LIBOR this short term borrowing rate is, and. And in exchange for this, if you're paying out this LIBOR swap, uh, this LIBOR rate, uh, you are receiving the fixed rate, which is deterministic. So this is like fundamental interest. Basically, it's like essentially if, if you believe the rates will go up and you just want to speculate, basically you're trying to be long LIBOR and short fixed rate and, and vice versa. So this is like very important instrument for like for, for, for pricing. And there are all kinds of derivatives linked to this LIBOR rate. For example, uh, for example. Uh, you can talk about swaps, right? What is a swap Swaption Swap option is a derivative to enter an interest rate swap in the future, right? Like remember, like in the equity option world, let's say if I have a call option on a stock, that's the right to buy a stock at a fixed price, which is fixed today, like at some time in the future. Here, this is basically the same idea that right? if you are today, at some time in the future, you can enter a swap, this kind of contract which pays various legs, and. Um, there is some price given for it today. And there are also uh, all kinds of fast derivatives. Y- you can talk about rates. Basically, you-, 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 you can buy or sell options on a particular li- li- LIBOR rate. Uh, or there are also cancelable swaps. Basically, you-, you, can- you can enter a swap, but if you don't want, to pay like let's say high rate anymore, you can cancel it, and of course it's affected on the price and so on, and so forth. So very, very important idea is if you think about all this, that it turns out that when you price all these derivatives, they all depend basically on, on, on uh, their price depends on these discount factors, and these discount factors depend on these forward rates, which is basically trivial parameterization. But it's very important to work, very convenient to work with these forward rates. And when we model interest rate derivatives, we um, like usually Monte Carlo simulations. When there are no analytical models available, then we model the dynamics of forward rates. So, and um, uh, you can ask a question. So how? So basically, um, uh, 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 how can we get basically uh, this curve in practice, or this curve? And um, it turns out that the swap market, swap market, uh, uh, um, uh, tells us. Uh, like what? Uh, like h- how to obtain this curve? So here I show um, uh, some quotes, actually, real market quotes f- for interest rate swap of different maturities. Let's say two years, three years, four years, and so on so forth. And then, if you add this number and this number, then then you obtain the the um, this the swap rate. So if you and um, so uh, if you take uh, these swap rates, then it turns out that you can you you can show like, like very easily that if you, can, if you know all these numbers then you will be able uh, to obtain uh, to obtain this curve in a pretty unique way. So because this market of swaps basically and if if you uh, basically these uh, so once again if, if you if you add these two numbers here then you will get um, you will basically tells you that let's, for example for for this instrument let's say five years. For the next five years, uh, I'm going to pay roughly like 0.75 percent um, uh, like a year, right? So these two payments basically correspond to like 0.75 percent in exchange f- for the LIBOR payment, right? So if I enter the swap, so I know that I will be paying fixed, but I, I but I'll receive some floating, which is which, 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 which is which um, is like you know like random because we don't know what it is, and. I don't have any really much time to talk about it. But it's pretty, pretty complicated concept, but 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 the idea, but the, the idea, the is very uh, like, the, the idea is very simple. So uh, uh, so basically, the swap market allows you to uh, allows you to obtain this discount factor, basically this function, which tells you how much your uh, dollar uh, in the future is today. So if you have, let's say, so if you know how much a dollar is, then you, you know how much C dollars basically cost. So what you do? So what you do basically, if you know like, then basically, let's say you have like C dollars, then you simply multiply them by the discount factor, and that what the present value of your uh, of your fixed rate payment is. So remember that finance is a kind of very important thing. That in finance, uh, we in this in the derivative world, we typically um, uh, what is called PV or like present value of all our future payments. right? So we have some future liability, right? which is something very complicated. Let's say I pay you some, something very complicated, pay off in 10 years from now. But we are trying to understand how much it worth today. Because the idea of all this business is like clients come, come to the bank and they say, I, I want this derivative. You sell this derivative, you charge the money right now, and you spend this money on hedging. Of course, you do try to charge them a little bit more because you need also to make a living. But in the capacity world, basically, it's like you spend most of your money, like on hedging. So, and uh, but you try to come up with a number today. So here's basically, uh, and here's like basically again, like a very simple example. So if if you know uh, once again how much your your dollar is um, um, in the future, then you can you can present value PV every payment, right? So let's say if if, if in ten years from now g is equal to 0.5, then if you pay thousand dollars, then the present value of, of it is equal to 500, because again the argument is very simple, right? You take 500 dollars today and invest basically it's like for ten years, and you get 1,000 in the future. This kind of replication argument. Another very important like like um, thing here is that if you have an interest rate swap, and if you and if you which which, which is paying, which is paying LIBOR. Then it shows, and let's say uh, on a notional. Let's say I pay you LIBOR, which is which is like some rate, which is which is um, measured in percent. Let's say like LIBOR, for example, is like one percent a year, for example. Then notional of the swap is one million dollars. This means that uh, the floating rate payment is based on uh, one million dollars times one percent, like ten thousand dollars, right? So it shows out that it's a you know, very interesting thing that if you if you uh, if you um, have a let's say, if, if if you pay LIBOR rate, and if you if you pay the notional at the very end, then the present value of this is equal to to the notional. So it's kind of the beauty kind of of, of rate securities like in this kind of um, leverage security, Basically, that if you if you uh, uh, pay the current market rate all the time, then the, the price of your security is always equal to the notional. Kind of, it's a kind of, it's, it's very nice fact, which is, like, again, also like, like fundamental here. And in, in, uh, a very interesting thing what happened uh, uh, after the crisis: all the derivatives have become so, what's called collateralized. So you need to post money all the time. So there's another concept of OS discounting, which I don't talk about here. But basically, that's the idea that um, the main idea, what you need to understand here, is that we have this function, right? Like like discount function, which shows us, again, how much a dollar is worth in the future. And using this function, we can price all kinds of uh, like, like all kinds of swaps. So we can PV the value of the swap um, uh, today uh, using this. So this is a, uh, so the idea of the interest rate derivatives because it's it's all about dynamics of the yield curve, right? It's basically how your discount uh, function or how your how your uh, yields like future yields evolve. It's now it's the whole idea like is 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 similar to the stock. So it uh, so. Um, again, so uh, you at time zero you start from some from some curve, for example, something like this, right? You, like for, from some curve, which is which, which, which shown here, and then start evolving. And you want to be, be able to model it mathematically and press all kinds of derivatives. So, uh, of course, um, there is like a very interesting difference between uh, like stock and and the and the. Uh, stock uh, uh, like like stock options and chooser options because uh, for the stock options we know the price today, right? If the liquid stock is just known, right? We know where it's traded right now, but f- for the yield curve it's different. We first need to take the swap markets, quotes and do what is called bootstrapping to get the function of d of t. The next step we need to specify the volatility of different forward rates in the future, and 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 we need to come up with some kind of dynamics, which describes the future dynamics of forward rates. And then once we have this, we can use the Monte Carlo framework to press all kinds of derivatives. So uh, before I should be talking like, about the HGM framework here, I just want to mention that there are uh, some other like, uh, like more simple models which are uh, like simpler models which um, historically appeared before the HGM model, which basically d- describe the dynamics of the short, of, of the, of the short rate. And the most famous ones are the holy, the holy model, Haldweil model, and so-called CIR model. And uh, basically, the idea is that basically if you have this function right, for forward rates, right, which, are, which I wrote here, so they describe dynamics, instantaneous dynamics, basically, of this rate. So instead of, instead of modeling the whole curve, basically, you model only just basically this short rate and, and so on. So some of these models. Um, in a particular case of the HGM model. Some of them like, like are not, but, but, but just, just, just to mention. So, and basically the, basically, the idea then is uh, uh, the idea of, of, the, of, of modeling of, of the interest rate derivatives. For example, let's say I want to price an option that in five years from now, I enter a particular interest rate swap, which pays 5% on the fixed leg and receives LIBOR. So I need to, um, I need to model the dynamic of, of future yields. And remember, that it's a very important thing, right? That, uh, that uh, again, because we have, because we have uh, uh, the curve, now uh, we have two different times here. For the stock derivatives, we just basically write the dynamics d, d of st is equal to something. And t just basically instantaneous time. Here, T uh, s- s- uh, stays for the instantaneous, instantaneous time, and T, uh, uh, capital T stands for the f- uh, future time, right? So, like, like here. So, essentially, if, if you are here, you're looking at the forward rate somewhere here. And then you basically describe it dynamics. So. So you can, I don't want to go into details, but again, using this very, very, very fundamental result, to see the pricing theory like Itas-Lemma, you can derive uh, the equation for, for, this, uh, for, for this drift. So the problem is that like, um, it turns out that it's always the case in the Monte Carlo simulation. So you specify some time equation, and you have drift, and you have volatility. So it turns out that this drift, the real-time drift, because you H drops out of your equation. And it shows out that for the interest rate, there is some complicating, um, in the risk-neutral world, this com- uh, re- real-world drift will be substituted by some equation for um, uh, which depends on sigma. So if you do the calculation, then you will see that in the risk-neutral world, you simply um, specify this in the following form. This is some non-local equation. But it is, it, is, it is what it is. So it's kind of it's very straightforward. I encourage you basically just to, if you have time, to go through this and really understand uh, how uh, how it works. But now, uh, once we have this, you know, like the uh, model for interest derivatives is, is very simple. So how, I remember that in the stock world. Let, 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 let me go back just to to this uh, uh, equation. So we started from some stochastic differential equation. And then we simulate different paths, and then we, basically we average over the, the payoff here, at, at, at maturity of the derivative when, when actually we do the payment. And here the uh, situation is very similar. So we have some initial curve, which basically corresponds to, uh, like to, uh, we, we, we obtain from the market today, and we, this curve dynamics is described by this equation. Then we have distribution of these curves in the future, and then we can price all kinds of derivatives. So again, it's a very fundamental framework. So very general. So you, once um, um, the curve and the volatility are known, you simply run this simulation and you get your payoff. So, yeah. So basically, that, that, that's how it works. And um, um, uh, another, you know, like example, which is basically like of. of of the uh, of, uh, AGM model uh, is, uh, is uh, basically credit derivatives. So I, I just uh, don't have much time, but I just basically mentioned basically, um, I just go very briefly like, like what's going on. So um, if you give money just to, to someone, uh, like to the corporation, then uh, there is a, a probability that you won't get your money back, right? Let's say. Uh, so corporations issue bonds, right, financial instruments to raise capital. It's, again, very similar to the US treasuries. Let's say you give them $100, and they pay you 5% every year. And then, let's say, in 10 years, if it's a 10-year bond, they are supposed to give you money back. But this might not happen. The corporations default because they make their own decisions, you know, like some, something went wrong with the economy, and so on and so forth. So it happens. So there is some risk which is uh, indicated here, which is called the default risk. right? So corporations or like private individuals, they have a right to default, so so they can default. So and, uh, and this is reflected uh, in uh, in the coupons which they pay. So for the U.S. government, right, like at the end of 2012, a 10-year bond uh, would pay just 1.7 percent a year, like extremely again, with like they are in extremely low like environment, which which looks like almost nothing. And remember that even if you are an investor. And if you, and if you uh, buy this bond, then you get your own one percent interest. But then you need to pay taxes on top of this. So it's like the return is really like 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 very small. So then, of course, if you're an investor, then okay, uh, the U.S. government, you know, like securities are like uh, assumed to be risk-free, so you won't be able to lose money. But so this is like a very important very important benchmark. But then, you you can buy bonds of corporations, but of course. To compensate for a possible default, they uh, they pay higher coupon. For example, as of 2012, Morgan Stanley bonds would, would pay around let's say five percent a year. So it's significantly like higher. So and then if you have like uh, some um, governments that are like right now very close to default. So some time ago, for example, when Morgan Stanley bonds would pay five percent a year, let's say Greece bonds would pay twenty five thirty percent a year because in this this is like. Because nobody was, uh, like, uh, knows what's going to happen there. It's clear that, the, that the, the economy is not in good shape, and it all depends on, 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 on the bailouts, By bailouts. All these bailouts are conditioned, for example, that the right government like, uh, will be in power, and the situation is unclear. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So that's kind of that's that's why, kind of, um, uh, if you have such uncertainty, that's why essentially the yield investors would require like very high yield. And um, um, uh, in the credit derivatives, like the fundamental, the fundamental instrument is a default credit default swap. So, uh, if you have a risky bond, then uh, in order to, to protect from default, you can go to let's say to a bank and buy credit default swap. This basically means that if you hold a bond, and the default happens, then the seller of this protection will compensate you for the loss. For example, let's say you you bought you bought a, a uh, a bond at at hundred dollars, and then let's say in one year the defaults, and then, uh, then what happens in this event? Then uh, court, court happens, and the, and the judge decides basically how much money is recovered, and this money is distributed to, to the bond investors. They're like like uh, first in the queue, and then, uh, if let's say seventy cents on a dollar were recovered, then uh, then the, then the default swap. Will pay thirty-two dollars, with which you lose. So, and a uh, very, very, very fundamental, uh, like a um, uh, very fundamental uh, concept in the world of, of credit derivatives is uh, sh- uh, market implied short probability. So, in principle, different different entities, uh, um, credit default swaps are available for different uh, entities. Let's say like Morgan Stanley. It could be like uh, Verizon. Could be AT&T and so on, and so forth, and um, the, like and uh, dealers uh, like like uh, like um, require like uh, d- d- different payments. For example, let's say if like ready falls So from Stanley probably it's like five year maturity. You pay around hundred basis points, and uh, and like if there is some like uh, like Greece, probably you 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 pay right now probably like five hundred, maybe like one thousand basis points, something like this. So market differentiates, and based on this, you can. You can then uh, do like a very simple calculation, and, and, and you can see that it, it, it's very easy to to uh, to uh, to come with the concept of the slow probability. Roughly speaking, if let's say I require, uh, let's say, if default protection on some reference entity is worth one uh, percent a year, and then what do we see? The, uh, then uh, with probability ninety nine percent a year, right, you will get your money. With probability one percent uh, like uh, like uh, per year, you will get nothing. So you, you can think about it like this. This means basically you, you can say that basically probability to default, if it is roughly one percent a year for, in, in this case. So, and then in, in the in the world of uh, 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 if we can talk about solar probabilities. So which is basically one minus default probability, and. And you can, you can uh, then come up with a concept of probabilities, which you can again parameterize with forward trades, which are called hazard trades. So credit derivatives, uh, like in a sense, they're similar to interest rate derivatives. Remember, in the case of interest rate derivatives, we are talking about uh, discount factors. So this is like present value, present value of, of money. And in the world of credit derivatives, besides this, because of course, interest, interest rates are also very important credit derivatives. We talk about survival probability. Today it is equal to one, but then it decays. So, and let's say if you have like a U.S. government, basically that is always stayed at one. And let's say if it's like uh, let's say a Morgan Stanley it goes, let's say like this. If it's like some European, distressed European sovereign, it will go like this. So there is basically its market probability of default based on the credit default of market. So, so and the idea of the HGM model for the credit derivatives is that uh, uh, similar to the dynamic of forward rates, right, in the interest rate case, you simply uh, describe the dynamics of hazard rates, which parameterize your serial uh, probabilities. And uh, um, now, um, uh, let me see. And uh, uh, let me show, let, let, let's say, an example of a of, 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 of very important type of derivatives, which are um, priced using uh, create models. Um, let, let's let, talk about the corporate callable bonds, right? So, so, um, so, it's it's, uh, it's, it's 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 a it's a, it's a very uh, like um, simple instrument. Is again, I'm a corporation. I borrow hundred dollars from you, and let's say I'm paying you five percent every year, and uh, but uh, i have uh, i have uh, the right at any time or well, let's say once like say in three months return you this hundred dollars and uh, and basically close the deal so wh- why is it so valuable for the corporations because let's say today's environment is such that i borrowed a very high rate let's say'm in this example let's say i am paying five percent a year right and i issued a 10year bond and i am paying and uh, with a hundred million dollar notional so basically, this means that every year, I am paying to the investor five percent, right? Five million dollars. But let's say I'm paying five percent. I need this money to run my business and so on. So it's kind of some burden, but kind of usually all the corporations have significant amount of debt. So it's good to have debt if you know how to manage it. Basically, now let's say in three years from now, situation changed. So now I can borrow money for seven years, right? Because Initially, I issued the bond for 10, for 10 years. And now I have still 7 years remaining. But it turns out I can, I, can issue, I can issue just a 3%. right? Then basically, this means if, if I do this, if I exercise my call option, then I will save 5 minus 3, basically 2%, times $100 million times 7 years. So it's roughly $14 million. So that's kind of why uh, callable debt. Kind of, it's good to issue it because you you can save money. It's very similar to what's happening right now, also for um, private individuals. Because in in recent year, like or like um, in uh, like a couple of years, there was a lot of refinancing activity in the U.S. Right? Remember, uh, rates it's historically low right now, so rates are going down, down, and down. So let's say if 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 you took out a mortgage here at six percent. It was uh, like you could refinance, for example, at here, for example, the same mortgage. You could get, for example, like three point five percent. So, this is the same logic happens for corporations. So, in, in the U.S., by default, right, all all mortgages are are, uh, are callable, and in, in, in the U.S., basically, by default, everybody has a right to refinance. So, it's not like you issued a thirty-year bond, and then even let's say you you're paying a huge coupon, even you can refinance lower percent. Which might be the case for corporations, by the way, but for like by by, by law in the US, basically then, um, all, all the mortgages are you know like um, uh, can be financed. So basically, that's the idea, right? So um, so you have so if if you if you price uh, if, if you price this kind of instrument as a callable bond, then you need to take into account, of course, interest rate risk, right? Because uh, because um, you need to understand. What is the current level of interest rate you can charge, and also you need to take into account the the uh, the uh, quality of the issuer. So if let's say again like Greece or let's say uh, like Morgan Stanley issued that right now, then. Um, uh, Morgan Stanley would pay significantly less um, uh, if, 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 if it's all done, you know, like on the fair market, you know, like basis without any, you know, like subsidies. Then, of course, Morgan Stanley would pay sub- significantly less in the interest, because they, for the case of Greece, there is a much higher default risk. So, and as I basically I mentioned, basically that the idea is that you uh, in the in the in the world of credit derivatives. Uh, as in the case of these derivatives, there is a the concept of, of basically of hazard rates, which again some kind of curve which shows how risky the issuer is at some point in the future. So in here, I show basically, you know I show already uh, the dynamics for for the forward rates, and here is the dynamics basically of hazard rates. Basically, this show, shows you basically how risky the issuer is, and then using similar like uh, similar uh, uh, similar uh, approach. You can also uh, like, and I can basically I, I show it basically like um, give you as an exercise. You can prove again that it turns out if you know the volatility of hazard rates, then you know how to simulate um, how to simulate um, the dynamics of hazard rates. So, so essentially the dynamics like you know like of of all this. uh, so again, so the idea like let me just go back just to to, to to the to the stock case. Again, like the idea again is very simple. So you 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 uh, you you have all dynamic variables like, like like rates and credit in this case. And then what what you do you simulate it in the risk neutral world. You have different paths, and then you simply average over the payoff. So that's that's, that's, that's the beauty of the of the. Risk-neutral pricing. That there is a very general framework which is and which is basically implemented to all the major banks and this is which is really like the right approach to price very exotic derivatives for which is very hard uh, to find exact analytical formulas. And let me show you basically one example where basically uh, where uh, uh, of 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 of, of, a securi- of, of securities uh, uh, which are you know like. Uh, um, issued by big banks, and, and that, that's where basically um, this AGM model and Monte Carlo simulation basically are used all the time because the payoffs are very complicated. So, uh, and, uh, and um, uh, the example uh, like of, of such a product is called like, structured node. So, what is structured note? It's again, again, corporations uh, need to raise money, right? But I cannot, um, let's say, um, um, uh, just uh, to run this business. But uh, of course, uh, I cannot just get this money for free. I need to pay some interest. And, uh, of co- um, and uh, again, it's like if, if, if you look, um, if you look uh, like at what happened let's say, like, last year, again at the end of the last year, let's say for example, U- U.S. Uh, U.S. ten-year bond would pay one point seven percent. And if you also pay all the taxes, then you, you basically you, you probably get something like one point one percent. And this might be even lower than inflation. So, investors, especially long-term investors, they are not really interested interested in investing in, in the U.S. treasuries, because they, although it's risk-free, but the, there is no return, right? So you want to, you want to generate some money. So, what can you do then? Okay, so you don't want to invest into treasuries. So then you you can go to um, uh, you, you can try to find some corporate bonds. Again, corporates are risky compared to the. Uh, 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 to the United States government, and so uh, so as, um, so typical uh, coupon uh, paid by this bond, uh, by, by, by by the corporate bonds uh, would be higher. So let's say like like five percent for, for a non for, for non distressed, you know, like typical like corporation. Now. Uh, uh, but again, like five percent, then kind of y- y- you need to pay, let's say, thirty percent. You know, like interest thirty percent tax top of this. So you you left like three point three. There is inflation and so on, so forth, uh, so on, so forth. So you kind of it still looks like like a, like a low return. Of course, this example below, you you can buy some distressed, uh, distressed. Uh, uh, Bonds, like say, like, like from from Greece, or maybe like from like from some distressed corporations, which is use much higher yield, but it's more like a, it, it becomes more like gambling, right? You don't want because you, 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 it's really there's so much uncertainty there, so it's more like you, you can get like very high return, but you can lose everything because it's it's, it's really like very, very like um, very light, you, basically you're bearing very high credit risk. So what's do in this situation? It turns out that banks. Big banks issue very sp- uh, like very special kind of securities called structured notes, which are um, uh, which uh, uh, are very attractive to some investors. So uh, let's say i Morgan Stanley. So, um, but instead of issuing a vanilla bond, I'm issuing and at five percent, let's say for ten years, I issue a bond which pays ten percent a year, right? So much higher coupon, but I pay you t- to invest ten percent. Only if certain market conditions are satisfied. So let's say market conditions are like this: thirty-year swap rate is higher than two-year swap rate, right? Uh, Remember that basically, like uh, um, let's go back to to, to the um, uh, to the picture which which I drew, right? So essentially, this means that if uh, if 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 we borrow money, then the uh, short-term borrowing rate is small is smaller than the long-term borrowing rate, which which usually the case. So, so, basically, let's assume basically. So, I pay you 10% if two conditions are satisfied. 1% is a 30-year borrowing rate, like in, in the economy right now, is higher than 2-year borrowing rate. This is this condition, plus the second condition, s 3500 index is higher than 880. So, so uh, now, if these conditions are not really uh, um, satisfied, then the investor w- w- would get 10%. If one of these conditions breaks down, the investor w- uh, w- would get nothing. So there are many investors who, who would like to bear this kind of risk, so um, because they have certain view o- on, on on how the, the economy would uh, uh, um, would develop. Because right now, for example, the c five hundred index is uh, is is, um, is, uh, is um, um, pretty close to two thousand. So it's 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 very unlikely that it will go down by the factor of two. And and goes in basically reach eight hundred eighty. So it's kind of very low probability. Uh, and then also investors believe that this will never happen. So we always will be in the economy where basically it's more kind of it's, it's still more expensive to borrow long term than short term. So in this case, it turns out that, the the coupon can be enhanced. So this because this is the whole idea the, the whole idea is structured notes. So instead of s- selling like a plain coupon five percent, I'm I'm selling an embedded derivative, and if investor is like he's kind of gambling, but in, educa- in in educated way because there is like um, a certain e- economic meaning of, of these conditions. So but investor can, can get like higher return, and this is a very po- this is a very popular a uh, Very popular way of financing because it turns out that investors are buying this kind of instruments, but they are very unique, so it's very hard to really just to they are not very liquid. Therefore, when we issue this kind of instrument, even if you price it correctly using all the models, the, the the bank or like some financial institution which issues kind of instruments, it can can make some extra money. So it's effectively it's cheaper to issue this kind of instruments than to issue vanilla bonds. And all, all these big banks, they have all the machinery to re manage all these kind of very sophisticated derivatives. So, so basically, basically they, they know what they are doing. So they, they sell this kind of product. And they're hedging their exposure. And they, they realize some profit, because um, you, you can identify how much cheaper this instrument is. So it's, it's good for banks. It's also good for the investors, because they are looking for this kind of yield enhancement. They want, they want, to, they want to, to have a higher yield. and they are and taking And they are willing to... To, uh, to take this risk. But, but again, it's an educated risk. right? It's not just basically because uh, like, uh, is there, like, these conditions, for example, here, they have a very clear like, economical meaning. So if the investors really understand what's going on, then it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's a reasonable risk. And of course, what, what do we do in this case if you want to model something like this? Then uh, uh, it's very complicated to find any kind of analytical, uh, like, like analytical approximations here, uh, like, uh, like in the real world. So what do we do? We simulate the stock market price. We simulate the um, uh, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like the 30-year yield and 10-year yield. And we simulate Morgan Stanley credit spread. Simul- like, and we do it all simultaneously at the same time. And then we see in the Monte Carlo simulation, if this condition is satisfied for every coupon date, then uh, we're paying 10%. If something is broken, then we're paying zero. So we simulate many, many paths like this. And then we calculate the average value of it, and then we come up with the price, and then we and then we call this price to the investor. And again, I say like these, these products are very non-standard. That's fine. You you can you, you you can make some extra money. So and as a firm you, you as a firm you save money because I say like it's cheaper than to issue like just plain vanilla bonds. And just 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 to give you the idea like where we are in terms of numbers. So. Here, here there is a graph of of a difference between 30 year borrowing rate and two-year borrowing rate uh, uh, for the last uh, uh, like for the last decade. So you see, so this difference is always positive. It was negative only very shortly for some time uh, around um, 2005 to 2006. So it's a very 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 interesting thing, right? So when you Price derivative, then uh, there is a notion of of market applied uh, numbers. It turns out that if you look at at how um, different instruments are priced on the market, then the probability, uh, then then you can ask a question. What's the probability that this this, um, will be, um, let's say, if I run, for example, this stochastically? Uh, uh, for, for the last 10 years uh, then how What's the probability uh, uh, that uh, this condition is uh, like, like, like this difference is positive? and in short results the probability is only eighty percent whereas in reality it was realized only for a few days basically so it's significantly lower right so basically then the an investor says like this so the market basically give me this discount like like 80 percent. But I know that this all almost never happened in the past. Therefore, I believe that it will not happen in the future. Maybe it will happen, but I will, still, I will still make some extra money because of this. So basically, we have some component enhancement by a factor of 1 divided by 0.8, 1.25%. Right? Second thing is about the 500. If you look at, at the, history, is the history of this index, which is basically the, the main US market index, then you see that, uh, it was historically above 880 level for the, um, uh, for, 900, uh, for 94 days out of uh, 100 days. So very, very high probability. But the market implies this will be the case only in 75% case. Again, the educated investor would say like this. OK, right now we have 500 is around uh, 1,800. So what's the probability that it's going to drop b- below 880? Of course, there is some probability but I believe that it's not going to happen because it would mean a very severe recession, and it looks like the economy is improving. The market might drop, might might drop down, but maybe to the level of 1,500, 1,400, but not that low. Therefore, investors believe that he, the investor believes that he, by taking this risk again, he basically he will again get uh, like a higher coupon. So this is like very popular instruments which are solely priced by Monte Carlo simulation. Which, are like, And we have like big businesses, for example, like Morgan Stanley, wh- whose goal is to raise capital uh, like by selling this kind of exotic products and hedging them using the uh, Monte Carlo framework. And if the interest rates are crucial for the dynamics, then, then we use the AJ model for simulating interest rates. So, so that's uh, everything that I wanted to, uh, to tell you about today. So thank you very much. <coughs> Uh-huh. Isn't there some choice and you might make certain choices based on historical precedence? Yeah, this is a very good question. Okay, so in reality, so 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 okay. So so here's what, what happens. So let's let's go to, to, to the very uh, simple case of of stock of, of stock prices, right? So again, R here basically is just the it's basically the borrowing rate, right? basically it's like let's say whatever the bank account gives. So this, this is known. So only parameter known is volatility. So usually, what what is usually you have you, you have like liquid stocks, for example, like IBM whatever, Apple. Then there are already derivatives uh, uh, traded, which are very liquid. This means that you you can uh, you can imply this sigma from the price of liquid derivatives, right? Because you know, for example, that this particular option, let's say today Apple trade, for example, is six hundred, and you know that. At the money option, so option with a strike 600, like in one year from now, for example, is worth whatever, like $50, for example. By knowing this, you can you, you can imply this sigma. So the whole idea of this is like this. So you take very liquid derivatives, like call, standard call options, and you, apply, you imply this sigma. And then you use this model to price really truly exotic derivatives, which are not widely available. That's how big banks make money. Because we know how to price them. We have clients coming in. And, and we, we, we see the prices of, of, of very liquid instruments, and we buy them to hedge. So very often, what we do is that we do some very complicated deal, but we have uh, we have an ability to offload it into simpler contracts, which we know how to price. That's, that's, that's the idea. And, and, and the same the same is true for all the other derivatives, from credit derivatives or relation derivatives. So you try to imply the sigma from the market. If there is no if there's no way to do this, which is which is very often the case for, for credit derivatives. Because for the credit derivatives, credit wall is not like very, uh, very, um, uh, very, uh, very, liquid, not liquidly traded. Then the best thing what you you, you can do is is uh, to take historical estimates. So we we we, we, we do this kind of uh, we, 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 we we also do this. If there is nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In your last slide, we talked about.
0: The implied frequency of yeah. the S and P five hundred being lower than eight eighty. Yeah. Was that from historical quotes or current quotes?
1: Uh okay. Yeah. This is uh, okay. Where you go? The, this number, I think, if if you, I think, how is it I think, if if you, go, uh, if you go to the end of two thousand twelve, and go back to two thousand 10, 10 years ten years into the past, then I think. 800. Uh, it was above 880 in the on in the 94% of case. I mean, we, we, we can go back basically, right? So remember, just like to the slide I showed in the very beginning, right? Uh, here, here is right. So 880 is somewhere here, right? Is 2012 is here? You go back 2002, right? So basically, it, it, it was below 880. Like you know, like around 2000, we had an internet bubble. And around, let's say, 2008, 2009, when we had basically this like major banking crisis. That's how I obtained this number. So you can see, right, it's not very, you know, probability is not very high based on historicals. It's kind of people believe that in the future it might happen. But then the stock will, we, we will, go, we will go back again because the government will intervene and so on and so forth. That's kind of the way of thinking of these investors who invest into structured notes like this. Yeah. The frequency. Yeah. That's from the current exactly it, press, Exactly, it, exactly, a, exactly, exactly. And then, it's, it's, it's exactly. So now, this is, this is that's how historical is obtained. Uh, let me see. What should I do? What should I do? Yeah, it's, 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 well, let me see. So yes, so that is like this exactly. So you, you, you are, you are today, and, and you have you, you have your Monte Carlo model, and you simulated going forward for two years for for, for, for ten years, and, and you see what's the probability, market probability to, 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 to be uh, below eight hundred eighty. And actually much higher because usually the market is uh, usually the market uh, is, is very um, um, uh, is extremely risk averse. So kind of if you buying a deep out of the money option. You usually there is, there, is, like, there is kind of everybody requires premium because if if this happens if you don't really like charge enough money basically that you're out of business. So that's how i obtained this number like uh, what seventy five percent yeah. What Okay. Yeah.
0: So is uh, the pricing of these more exotic uh, yeah. products totally reliant upon Monte Carlo or are there more other techniques? I mean,
1: uh, usually, usually it's Monte Carlo. So uh, uh, well, there are some, uh, some derivatives for analytical approximations available. For example, for, uh, for derivative, right? so, okay, swaps, swaps are like a very simple linear product. To price them, you need to only discount function. So this is just arithmetics. Of course, it's all done, just simple arithmetics. For, swaps, for standard swaps, there, there, there is a model called Sabre model. Which allows some kind of semi-analytical solutions, which approximate but of but of high quality, then you can do it. But there are different schools of thought, right? Because these are approximate some approximations which might fail for some if maturity is very long or it's very deep, of the, like very deep out of the money option. So, so very often what traders do, even if their official numbers, are only more simplified models, which which. Which kind of has some formula, they still run the Monte Carlo simulation for the whole portfolio to understand like what the most complicated model like, like, tells you in terms of your in terms of your present value of your portfolio in terms of the risk. But of course, this kind of double range of rules, which I just showed, you know, like it's, it's impossible, I mean, to build any meaningful analytical model. You can do something, but just, you won't get like, like a, you won't be able to be, to be competitive with this. It's just all Monte Carlo simulation said, like, usually this whole simulation pro- process takes like an hour on a MATLAB program? No, what well, I mean, now it takes, no, no. It takes probably like one hour just to write the whole program. Okay. <laughs> because it's, it's very simple, right? So, what you do, right? You have Brownian motion, right? But what you do, MATLAB generates really Brownian motion, right? So, you, you, you just do it. And then you write, your, the change in your price is equal to your drift, which you know, plus some random number. And you basically, you just simulate different paths. And then, if you press a call option, you know the distribution of your um, stock prices. Like let's say, say in one year from now, it maturities, and you just do average. So it's well, maybe my text is 15 minutes to write this kind of program. So this way, you, you can like verify numerically the accuracy, like of the you can, uh, numerically the Black-Scholes formula, for example. But the idea, kind of, it's, it's very simple here. But of course, for these complicated models, which you because like for term structure process like HGM, because it, like, it's already like one-dimensional object. And also, uh, of course, course it's much more complicated, because b- besides pricing, you, you need to have this idea of calibration, like, as you mentioned. Right? Because these they are not just usually historical. Right? They implied from uh, other instruments. So what we do in practice is like this. So we have liquid instruments, liquid options. We have the model. But the model has unknown parameters. First, we do the calibration, right? So we make sure that our model prices all these simple instruments, and then we take a derivative whose price is unknown because it's like it's it's, um, uh, it's, it's just something like a, like a like, uh, very complicated, and then we just price it. But our model is calibrated to simple derivatives, and this tells basically tell us then this model then after pricing it and running and running sensitivities with respect to market parameters tells us how to hedge it, right? Basically, that's the idea. Mm-hmm.
0: See how the models did in the past, and, and so you can adjust them. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So this is so. Is that a big part of what you have to do? Okay. So technically, I mean, um, uh, okay. So uh, I would say in general, we are, we are moving to this direction. In general, it's 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 uh, of course for, for Monte Carlo like, for, from the illustration point of view. For complicated Monte, Monte Carlo model, it's very difficult to do technically. You need to have it's very difficult. But if you do it like for like, uh, we kind of. For simpler models, like like for, for swaps and so on. Yeah, but but no, no. But the situation, it's, it's very different. So we don't make any prediction here, right? Remember, it's risk neutral pricing. Just no prediction here. What, 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 what we do is like what we do here is like this. We uh, we we are we're a bank, and we want to trade all kinds of very exotic derivatives, which nobody knows how to price, but my, my, many clients. Like, 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 we have clients uh, who want to buy them due to different reasons. They m- 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 want to speculate, or they want to kind of manage the risk exposure in short certain, certain way, and so on and so forth. So, nobody knows, except for, like, for like, like 10, 20 banks, how to price them. Because this is like you need to have infrastructure, you need to know how to do this, then you need to have some kind of business channels how to offload this risk. So, this kind of some like very exotic products. So, now, the idea of dynamic hedging is like this. Remember, like, in the case of Black Shoals, you, you, uh, you, you buy an option, and then you hedge it by holding a certain amount of underlying. So you don't make any money, but you, you, you want to make sure that whatever happens to the market, you are you're, uh, you're, you, you're, you're fully hedged. So the market move, moves here. You don't make any money. The market moves. Like moves down, right? Like you know, like you don't make any money. So the way how you make money, the situation is basically you are this um, like basically Black Scholes formula in this case. The price which you charge for the option is is the price of the execution trading strategy. So if you charge a little bit more, this is extra money which you can make. So the whole idea here is that it's very different. So what you just mentioned, is like proprietary business, big big banks like they. they I'm not supposed to do this. It's more like in the, in, the, in the hedge fund world, very different models. What we do, we, are, we are try to manage big portfolios of derivatives, very di- all, all kinds of derivatives. And we, are, we, are, we are try to price them and charge a little bit extra so that we can make our living. But on the other hand, we, we don't take any risk. Right? That, that, that's the idea, that, that's the idea of, of these models. So from a point of view, in terms of testing historically, you can still ask a question. Let's say if I if, if I go back ten years, and let's say ten years ago I would sell, for example, uh, this stock option. And for the next ten years, using historical data, uh, I see basically like how then, then, then I have some my models and tells me what my Greeks or like what my sensitivities with respect to the underlying, uh, what my sensitivity that underlying is. And then you can ask a question. How how was this like delta h performing like historically? This is a reasonable question because like 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 maybe like you assume that the model is pretty much you know continuous, but maybe if your dynamics is very jerky, then you can just basically lose money because you you just don't take into account these effects. This is an example of historical analysis which which which, which you might run, but it has nothing to do with prediction here. So it's, it's a whole different world. So it's risk neutral pricing. So we don't take any risk basically. That's the whole idea. But due to the fact that derivatives are very complex, even in this case, kind of, uh, we can still banks bear some kind of residual risk because remember we cannot exactly you know offload it you know like like the risk. So we st- we st- we we still we still have some assumptions that we can rebalance our position dynamically and move forward basically and not, and, and, and not, and not lose money basically. That's the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pricing, I,
1: you can set up the
0: Monte Carlo using sort of implied parameters from current prices of various derivatives in the price. market, mm-hmm. which gives you a good baseline price. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, what other Monte Carlos do you do to sort of have a robust estimate of price and hedging cost? Um, I mean, I would think that you know there would be, I don't know maybe some stress ser- scenarios in the market or Alternatives, and I'm wondering, just you know, you know, you probably don't just do one Monte Carlo study with current parameters. You probably oh, yeah, yeah. have different kind, different sets, and I'm wondering, you know, how extensive
1: is that? And uh, yeah, 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 absolutely, you're right. So if you just do Monte Carlo, you, then you just you just know the price, but price, you know, is is nothing because uh, because dynamic hedging, all this business of derivatives, it's not just about how much it's right now. But what to do if the market behaves this way? So, of course, you also run, you, you calculate all your Greeks. That's very important. But Greeks is like, it's, it's more like, it's, it's like, say, your delta. It's all about linear terms. So, of course, it's a very important thing. What happens to the portfolio, let's say, if there is a very sharp, for example, jump in interest rates? Let's say, what happens if rates like like jump forward by, for example, 1% or like if they, they jump down? What happens if volatility in a particular, you know, like, Particular like time region, for example, you know, like blows up. We run all this kind of analysis. So it's, it's, it's there are big departments, you know, like at banks uh, who look at all these kind of risks. So it all comes like to like to one, basically just to one uh, business union, basically which looks at all kinds of risks of the firm. So and um, there are it's 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 a very big you know it's 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 a very big uh, you know thing for the banks. Probably all well, of you heard like this notion of stress test. Right, basically the, basically right now all these banks are very heavily regulated by the government so the government can tell you what happens for example for the whole bank not just for a particular you know, like desk you know which trades whatever swaps options what happens to all your bank like to all kinds of cash flows which you can have if let's say interest rates jump by by 100% you have a huge group of people basically like both like 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 quants IT like risk managers who are looking at all these numbers and Trying to understand, it. and actually for a big bank might be a very non-trivial, you know, like problem actually. So yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. So it's a very good point. But of course, we, we, we do this so like uh, like uh, as good as we can. Yeah. Well, thanks again. And yeah. Yeah. We'll
0: yeah. Okay.
1: For- okay. Thank you.